Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam, nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we're keeping it spicy, mm-hmm. ticky-tocky with our girl Morgan. Ah, our mental health MP, also travel nurse and content creator. We're obsessed. Obsessed. Best content. Yes, absolutely. We got a a really fun one for you guys today. Okay, Miss Samantha, what is the unpopular opinion of the week? I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard the rant and you might have even replied, but people that back up into their parking space are annoying (laughs) and I hate you. You're tacky and I hate you. You're coming for them. And listen, okay, so I basically was waiting like, several minutes that it felt like 90 years for this like Honda Civic to back into their parking space. And it was like, like all these turns. And uh, I'm just like, you could have just pulled in in one swoop. Mm. So I kind of went on this rant. Like, why, why do you do that? And I had, of course, all these DMS where actually in like, someone was like in New York, it's like the law that you have to park that way. And in LA it's better and all these things. And if you drive a truck or big SUV that you don't have the turning radius, it's impossible to park forward facing. And I'm like, well, why do you drive a car with such shit turning radius? (laughs) And actually Tori's brother, Vincent replied. Oh my God. Talking about forklifts and shit. I'm like, Vincent, no one's driving a forklift (laughs) in a goddamn like parking lot. Yeah. So he would, he would, Uh I was like, no. And I'm like, okay, listen, I hear all of you people. And then some people are like, well, it's safer, statistically safer. And then someone actually told me legally, I guess you're at fault if you get hit backing up out of a parking lot and there's an accident I and I get say, that too yeah. I get it I get it I get it but learn how to do it better then okay if you're my do it. equally annoying are the people who back out of spaces who literally can't drive you know what I mean yeah. like the ones who literally drive like back out so slow and then they need so much room to like turn out of the space well, and, and you're like being like a five-point turn like yeah. they back out and then forward back out and forward out but I felt like yeah. that's how the person that was backing into their spot was doing it took them like multiple tries and I don't understand like work on it then I don't know be better I get it because when you want to leave and it's easier to just turn out and pull out and it's Jacob backs every day into the parking spot but it's in uh, in our garage so it's not in like a parking spot right I feel like it's a dude thing for sure because my ex used to do that like and guys love to back into things and maybe it's maybe it's jealousy because I'm a shit driver because (laughs) I cannot back into something to save my life like I would be I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's my vision's bad and my peripherals. I don't know. I don't <laughs> we like can't it. can't blame you. But Negative 11 over here. If you want to back in your spot, just be better at it. Mm. Like if you could do it quickly. All right. I don't, you're not who I'm beefing with. Got it. But if it's taking you. And then also I get if you have a big giant truck, which that's an annoying thing, whatever. Like I just mean, park farther. That's yeah, my thought. Get out of my way. <laughs> just get out of my way yeah. or learn how to do it better. But when mm. you're taking nine years to pull your Honda Civic backwards into a spot, you're oh, annoying God. and I don't like you. So I don't care. Unpopular. Maybe it is better. Maybe it's the law. I, I don't like it and I'm not going to do it. And I, you annoy me, especially because then I went to the <laughs> store yesterday and this person that had backed in their truck, they were over the line. Yeah, so the was... bed of their truck was sticking <laughs> in and I'm like, Oh, okay. Good job backing in, bro. I was annoyed. Mm -hmm. So I don't like it. And I don't care. I'm here for this. I like this conversation. I mean, I just think driving in general is like a very, it's a skill. Okay. It's a skill, you know, and maybe we should all brush up on, on our driving skills. 
skill. I mean, I'm not a good driver. Let's bring it around. But I love it. When people used to always be like, aren't you afraid of flying in a helicopter for work? I'm like, no, I'm afraid every time I get behind the wheel of my own car because I'm a <laughs> terrible driver. I'm not going to lie. You guys already know this, a lot of you, but anywhere we go, I always drive. I don't want to drive. Yeah. Like, please I'm don't like, make me. Let me you drive. Do, it's, you're, you're risking it. It doesn't matter where we go. I'm like, I'll take the wheel. It's like, totally please, fine. Yes. Please and thank we you. We love that for us. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. We are getting into a very spicy and fun episode today, you guys. Yes. Let's go. All right. We have Morgan Murray. She's a CRNP PMHN. NP board certified RN. Go girl. So that, what that, that even stands for board certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. She has a passion for teaching others about building a life that one rarely needs to get away from. Mm. We discovered her on TikTok and seriously cannot get enough of her content. She's practiced at top mental health treatment facilities, including the Shepherd and Enoch Pratt hospitals and Johns Hopkins. Her passion for mental health and co-occurring disorders is rooted in her personal experience growing up in Baltimore, Maryland. From her RN and NP insight to her spicy hot takes on current events, reporting on the healthcare happenings in the news and tips for upcoming providers, we are literally obsessed over here. Morgan has practiced in the behavioral health field for over seven years and has acquired quite a multifaceted experience in the intersections of clinical nursing, leadership, and psychiatric mental health. And today we're just getting really behind the scenes of her content creation, her NP life, entrepreneurship, brand building, and all of the waves that she is making here in the social media space to better our patients. Without further ado, let's get into it with Miss Morgan San Diego. Okay, wait, can before we pop in, I gotta know something right off the bat. Okay. Where do you get your fabulous glasses from, honey? This collection of glasses is epic. I get okay, I get I get my glasses from Zenny Optical and I love them because like every every pair of glasses is like less than a hundred dollars and I'm so blind. Like I need my glasses to buy my glasses. So having that oh strong of a prescription in those glasses, like it's the only place I go. Wait, what is your prescription? Because I'm about to judge you. Because you said it's strong. It's horrible. If you hit me with some, if you hit me with some negative five, I'm leaving. <laughs> literally, literally, like I think like the power on my on my contact prescription is like negative five point five and negative and negative six point five. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> That was like me in fourth grade when I got contacts for the first time. My prescription is negative 11. Oh, my God. It's bad. It's so really bad. when I hear people be like, oh, my gosh, my prescription's so strong. I'm always like, time out. Time out, time out. It, no, you're, you're worse. Time you're worse. out. Because I get salty. I'm like, yeah. you guys don't even know what She's it's like. She's like, I'm literally blind. I'm like, you could still raw dog life. <laughs> Like a little Whoa, bit I can't. when you wake up. I, I, I can't drive. I can't see where stairs are. Like, it's bad. But you look cute in glasses. I cannot look yeah, you cute look in glasses. Cute. Like, you could rock prescription glasses and be freaking adorable, cute, hot, sexy. <laughs> the whole, like, all the range of that. I'm glad you and think so. My glasses... No, my glasses are actual microscopes. It's cute because it's are, like, they're like the bottle cap, you know. No, the, the, the lens sticks out in the yeah. front and the back yeah. and it's so thick oh and then God. it's like, yeah. yeah so yeah. I get jealous. I'm like, I, I love Because you got all you can, the cute, you yeah. got all the cute glasses over there. <laughs> I have glasses envy of you. I know. Okay, we got to pop in with the first question. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your unpopular opinion? Ooh. 
Well, okay, real unpopular. If you have depression or anxiety, you could still be a great competent provider. Ooh, I like that. Yes. I I don't even know why people think otherwise because it's like just because you go into healthcare or any field doesn't mean you're not a human. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't mean you all of a sudden become a superhero that doesn't have any medical or mental health problems or anything. I don't know why. I love that you're platforming yeah. that too because I know you talk a lot about that. Yeah, so, yeah. But I think we got, you know, being open about what we go through as well is important. Yeah. And I think like also, um, like I know Kojo talks a lot on his platform about it, um, you know, having ADHD, but I think there are so many diagnoses like in the medical, in the, in the psych realm that we kind of stigmatize with people and don't even understand that, you know, by telling people, oh, well, you know, if, if you have this disorder, you have bipolar disorder, if you have borderline personality disorder, like you, you're not, you know, you shouldn't be treating other people. And it almost, um, I think we have to understand and give ourselves grace that a lot of people are battling um, things that we don't even know about. And a lot of, a lot of people, especially because of the pandemic, have seen things they would never see or thought that they would never see as providers um, or even, you know, as nurses as CNAs. And we go through a lot of things and, you know, at some point those things are going to affect us. Um, and, and we all get affected differently than others. So, you know, imagine if, if we had a healthcare field where no one um, who had depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, ADHD, um, anyone who had any type of neurocognitive deficit couldn't work. Um, that would be one small world. <laughs> There'd be no one running in hospitals. There would be no staff. Exactly. And I don't get why there is to say like, I feel like that's sending the message to your patients almost then that like, well, you have this disorder or disease or whatever, so you can't do X, Y, and right. Z. You know what's interesting about this whole idea too is um, there's actually, I can't remember the name of what his name is on TikTok, but he's actually, I believe, in med school and he's opened up about his diagnosis being bipolar. And what's so interesting to me is I kind of think of like almost the um, – the addiction community as well and a lot of the people who run the programs are former addicts and I think what's interesting is it actually makes them much more relatable and they can actually treat and help people who've been through those things so much more effectively because if you don't really understand some of these things and these dynamics then it actually could be hindering your help and it's funny because he will share some of the tips of living bipolar and what things he's doing to help regulate whatever or how he's had to change a medication and I'm like this is so educational and so helpful and how many people you could be helping by sharing that story and the things that you're doing as a provider like I don't know yeah so if you ignore it it doesn't go away it doesn't people just like we're like afraid if they were afraid to actually get treatment or get a diagnosis because they can't have xyz job or do whatever or they think it's going to be a roadblock ignoring it and pretending like you don't have just because you weren't formally diagnosed doesn't make the symptoms go away so isn't it better to actually be yeah. in treatment and working on it and learning how to live and manage it so yeah. it's just yeah i, I agree like i agree talking about it yeah. <laughs> she's like you're preaching the choir yeah. That's yeah. Why I'm yeah. I, I agree yeah <laughs> I agree. And I, th and I think it's made me, yeah. I think it's made me like a more, um, a more understanding provider. Um, because like, it, it's funny when I, I remember when I first, when I first, um, started 
And my first couple of weeks in psych, I had a patient um, who asked me for a note, an excuse note, um, because she was extremely depressed. And I was like, at some point, like, I'm going to write you this letter, but at some point, you're going to have to, like, go back to work and go back to a 20-hour schedule. And it wasn't like, and I... I gave it to her, we worked through it, but I was like, you know, when, when I got like to the worst part of my depression, I was like, you know what? It is really hard to go to work. It is really hard to function. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to take care of other people when I'm trying to, you know, battle and take care of myself. So, um, you know, it, it was just something that, you know, you just really can't relate to until you experience it. And there's certain things that we do in our psych and pre-program. Um, when I went to Frontier, that really helped me relate. But going through that just took it to a different level. Like we had to do this exercise where we had to like listen to people. Um, the The whole point of the exercise was that, was that it was supposed to emulate basically um, schizophrenia and hearing, uh, you know, hearing voices that are not um, present, hearing, you know, having those auditory hallucinations. And it was, it was just so crazy because I listened to it for 30 minutes and then like, some of my classmates are still carrying on conversations and it literally started like to make me angry. And I was like, how do people live like this? And yeah, right. Make, yeah, imagine yeah. like only 30 minutes in that situation, like had me so frustrated, so angry, so agitated, but there's people who are going through this 24 seven. And it's so stigmatized. It's not like anyone asked for that. It's not like, like it was right. a choice yeah. that anyone made, but then we like stigmatize people like, oh, you're crazy. It's like, okay. <laughs> right. Like, what? Like that was not, it wasn't like I was like, oh, sign me up for that. Uh, let's go back to square one. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who aren't familiar, don't know you, let's go back to your upbringing, your background, all those, those fun details. Okay. Okay. So, um, so first I was raised and born in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, fun fact, I was born on um, a day that had the most births at the hospital, at Sinai Hospital. Um, so really, that, I think that's the most interesting thing. Um, so, love that. Love that. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Baltimore. Um, and that's where I went to school. That's where I went to undergrad. Um, I went to what I thought was a big school until I went to University of Alabama and saw their campus. Um I know. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought this house Wait, was how's a that big going school. from East Coast to the South? Yeah, how did that? Yeah, like the East Coast yes. to the South is like could not be more of a different like world. It's so different, like the college town like vibe. And I was like, I because <laughs> I went I went like two days ago, and they had their own zip code. They have a Chipotle on the campus. They have a Publix oh on God. the campus. A CVS on That's the campus. So like, wow! I went wow. to a I went to a big school, but this this is this is a town. It's a town. So yeah, 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 yeah. Very it's different. Its own thing. Wait, your football games are epic. So I haven't so so I haven't been to a, a University of Alabama football game yet, but I am excited about that. So that's on that's on the list to do. That's on the list to do. So that's actually on Jacob and that's on our list. We want to go to a Bama game. Like what? it's on our bucket list of things to do because they're so epic. Yeah, you have yeah. to go to the LSU or the Auburn yeah. um games. Cause I'm I'm like most excited mm-hmm. about that. I'm petty and I have a chip on my shoulder and I hope they lose every game Ooh. because someone I dated's brother coaches there. 
And oh. so just because I'm petty, I want oh, his brother to lose because then it makes him sad. And then that makes me happy. And that's one of my toxic traits. No, just, just, just deal with him, girl. Don't, don't, don't let us, don't let us have the, the bad karma rub off. We didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. If we go down, we all go down together. guys. I, the petty in me, like. I got to root against him now for the rest of my life. Petty so level. That's just, I'm petty. Mm-hmm. Petty level mm-hmm. 3000. Facts. Facts. So um, I went to Tulsa for undergrad and then, oh yeah, also um, I did, I actually have two master's degrees. So I got my first master's in nursing leadership and management. Um, I used it <laughs> to basically do case, um, and case management, case coordination. Um, and then I also was during like a house um, supervisor job. And then I went back and got my um, my psych and P degree, and I'm done with school. Very, very, very done. Um, oh, so I've been a psych and P for the last few years. I graduated like the beginning of 2020. Um, so I've done a lot of things. Like so far, I've done um, medical director jobs. Um, I've worked and done a lot of telehealth um, startup companies. Um, I've done a lot and I've kind of, you know, I'm kind of at that, that, that place where I have kind of like spent half of my time on the content creation side, um, and the social media side and the other half, um, basically doing, um, my psych and P role. So I love it. We love this. I love this energy. Okay, so like yes. you already had a master's degree in leadership, which I will just, maybe I'm biased because I have mine in that and she's yes. getting hers, but like. You're already killing it. Yes, queen. Um, and then, so you're like, oh, one, one isn't good enough. Why? Like, I got to go get another. Why? Why psych? And why psych yes. and P route? Like, where that. was the inspiration behind so that? So I was already doing psych before I even knew what a psych and P was. Like, I didn't even know that there were psych nurse practitioners until I was already working in psych. And I really liked it. Even though I feel like sometimes, like, I'm mentally exhausted at the work, I would rather be mentally than physically exhausted. I was kind of like, you know, I could do this and I can have a job where I'm not going to be, like, necessarily, like, worn out and exhausted before retirement. Um, And I really like the idea of dealing with kind of, like, a lot of different things in that. Like, no day would be the same. Um, I worked at like Shepherd Pratt, which had a lot of different sites. I mean, they had peds, they had trauma disorders, they had um, substance use, psychotic disorders. I mean, there was a lot, like you name it, that diagnosis has probably been at Shepherd Pratt before. I really liked that I could kind of see a lot of different things. And I also kind of went back and forth, like between different specialties. So I did OR, um, I did case management. Like I told you, um, I did a lot of different things before I decided, okay, I, I kind of like psych, so I'll stay over here. You sampled the whole menu. <laughs> yes, except for med surge. And I get it. it. That's where I didn't go. <laughs> well, med surge is like That's the buffet that yeah. you don't need to go to. You know what a buffet's got to offer. Yes. And if you're not a buffet kind Queen. of person, Ooh. then that's fine. Yeah. You mm-hmm. yeah love to yeah, the master's sure nurses though, but I just I can't do it. Oh mm. shout out! I need, I need my patients. But... Um no, 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 no. I, I mean I don't even want my patients to be like over the age of eighteen. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like if you have te- teeth and pubic hair, I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> bye. Okay. I'm really curious about this. In your practice, mm-hmm. what are some of the most common diagnoses? you're saying and what are the things that you're you're treating currently mm, so i'm seeing a lot of um a lot of adhd a lot of depression 
um, anxiety, some bipolar disorder, and some borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. I saw a lot more antisocial personality disorder when I when I worked in um, correctional. It, it really wasn't a correctional facility. It was considered to be a psych hospital, but all the people who were there were ordered there for um, for certain levels of court. So a lot mm-hmm. of times I've seen a lot of um, the personality disorders in those type of settings. It's kind of common that you'll have um, people who commit certain kinds of crimes that have that disorder. I see a lot of the cluster B personality disorders in there. But also, I don't know if I said this, I, I'm seeing a lot of substance use too. Um, and that's kind of the hot topic too with nurses right now is that there's a lot of substance use. People are getting caught at work, like, you know, being sedated at work or coming to work high. So I'm seeing wow. a lot. I'm seeing all of it. Wow. 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 Well, I mean, and it's something that we don't talk enough about, right? Yeah. In our profession. You know, people, we go through so much. We've talked about the idea of, for us, of going through all these micro traumas kind of over and over and over. And then we don't take time to look at ourselves and see, you know, how are we taking care of ourselves? And this is a huge, huge piece of what we do. Right. What trends from the pandemic have you kind of seen as a mental health provider where pre-pandemic, post-pandemic and people coming and getting new diagnoses or treatment and stuff like that? I think probably anxiety has been like the biggest one. Like, for example, like everyone has at least said one time, my anxiety is through the roof. So things, things like that, I think have kind of been like certain like catchphrases. And then like, even people say, well, I'm so bipolar and people don't understand what the, what the symptoms of bipolar disorder are. So they're thinking that they're bipolar and truly what we're looking at is, is either depression or anxiety, like having those severe mood swings, you know, not sleeping. They're not necessarily always linked to bipolar disorder. It can be a lot of other things in mental health that we're looking at too, but they're diagnoses that aren't really known as well or that people aren't too familiar with the diagnostic criteria. So they kind of just put a label on it. Do you think social media and labels has really made things become like trendy buzzwords? Because on TikTok, it's like, everyone is gaslighting and everyone's a narcissist and <laughs> everyone's a ADHD mm-hmm. and everyone it's like yeah how much are we overusing these phrases and mislabeling them in real life versus an actual clinical diagnosis, diagnosis standpoint a lot a lot and I think um <laughs> and you know this isn't to like discredit or you know say anything because I mean I have ADHD so it's not to it's not to like it's not to, to to talk negatively about that. I just think that I love that people are like are, are speaking more out about it and trying to reduce the stigma. But there's a fine line between reducing the stigma and giving it and giving medical advice while not being a medical professional. I feel like a lot of times I don't talk on social media as much as I want to about mental health or even medication yeah. management because I just don't even want to get close to that line. But I think there's a lot of self-diagnosis, you know, with ADHD, which is kind of frustrating for me as a clinician, because like even a lot of the patients that I have had um, who come to me, they tell me, you know, everything that they've been experiencing. And they say, oh, my, you know, my therapist sent me here. But I'm like, your symptoms are at age 20. So your therapist should have known that this isn't ADHD that we're looking at, like diagnostic criteria is something that we all learn, you know, whether you're even a nurse or if you're a nurse practitioner or if you're a therapist, I mean, 
you use the DSM too. So, you know, we should know what we're looking right. at. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that it's become very like, you know, cool. You know, everybody wants to talk about it. I think it's great. But I just think that especially for us as like professionals, we have to be super careful about like what we discuss and to be discussing accurate information, most importantly. And I think you touched on even like staying within your scope kind of, and Mm -hmm. Tori and I were talking about that on a previous podcast. Um, Yeah. When you're talking on social media. Yeah. Staying in that. I'm really curious about this because it was brought up on um, another interview or podcast I was listening to. The DSM, can can you break it down a little bit? Because I was, she was kind of alluding to the fact that almost like the labels need some updates and, you know, things are happening on spectrums. And, you know, what's your thought on this in terms of like when you're diagnosing patients and you're like, okay, they could be in between this or that. Like, how do you approach this as a provider? I, I think that it's really important to use differential diagnoses. And it's okay to... Like, I think this is why so many practices and so many providers prefer to use cash pay, because when you use insurance, the issue is that you have to assign a diagnosis. So um, mm-hmm. even if you think, well, I don't know exactly what it is. This might be adjustment disorder today. And then we'll, you know, we'll keep looking at it. But I, I totally agree because there's there's so much that you can't find out or really assess on a one visit. So I think that it needs to be a continuum. You know, you're you're adding things to diagnoses. You're, you know, things change. Like you might have a patient who's bipolar too, and when you see them for the first appointment, they be they might be hypomanic, but then two months later, you know, they might be in a depressive state. So I totally agree. But you know, we have to keep using those differential diagnoses, and then, um, you know, keep explaining to your patients like kind of like what the what the course of action is and what the symptoms are. So like I tell my patients, I don't treat a, a diagnosis. I don't. I treat a, I treat symptoms because every single diagnosis can look very very different from person to person. You might have some some person with you know bipolar two disorder that you're treating almost the same as someone who has depression. Because let's say the person with depression maybe has treatment-resistant depression, so they're on Abilify, just like the person who has bipolar disorder is on. So there's so many different um, approaches to treatment. So we can't just stay rigid. You know, you have to be kind of fluid and be able to move. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because um, my brother came on for uh, a while ago when we first started the podcast and shared his story about, you know, his diagnosis with bipolar Um, And he's since now sober, but it's interesting because his bipolar, um, I net, we never really would have known because he did not have, you know, those low, 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 low lows. My brother had the manic high, 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 Mm -hmm. not sleeping, substance abuse, you know, like all of these things, but it's so interesting because it does, they present so differently for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I don't think as a, even as a family member, but as a healthcare provider, I didn't see it. Like I didn't, you know, I was like, why is he acting like this? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Totally not understanding, you know, the exact symptoms and things that are happening right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting how different people can present in different diagnoses. We want to put people in boxes. Right. Right. Too. Cause like patients, patients will tell you one thing and then there'll be something totally different. Like that's why you have to really be good at doing a really good assessment. Because like I've had patients tell me that like I had so much anxiety and then we get into the discussion, we get into the history, how things have been presenting and then they have bipolar disorder. So imagine if I would have given them an antidepressant, like you just, you, you, you never, you never can just stop. You have to like keep digging to get the rest of the story every time. 
Well, it's like peeling back the onion. And I feel like I've had my own experience. Like I recently just switched psychiatrists because mm-hmm. the other one was such not a good match. And I'm like, you really do have to peel back the onion. And I was, I've been misdiagnosed with depression my entire life from the time I was like 19 mm-hmm. until 36, finally getting an ADHD diagnosis, mm. which made a trillion times more sense. And it's like been on antidepressants that never responded to, never worked for me mm-hmm. and been on and off them forever and literally made zero difference. And I've tried different ones, different dosages. And it was like, none of this works mm-hmm. and why? And always because misdiagnosed because no one ever took that time, like you said, to really like peel back the layers and ask deeper questions. Yeah. Do you see like a lot of misdiagnosis happen? Also like, with women, because I feel like it was interesting is because Sam was recently and I, for me personally, I've always struggled through school. Like this has been, this has been a long, we know the saga over here. Mm-hmm. Like, I failed NCLEX, but like, I'm still an avid learner. Like, you know, but it's interesting because I think as women, a lot of these things um, either got pushed under the rug or maybe we just, you know, are misunderstanding it. Like, what are you what are you seeing in, in that way? Yeah, I, so I see a lot of women who um, who weren't diagnosed. And then, you know, 20 years ago, people said, oh, little girls can't have, can't have ADHD. And it's funny because in practice, I've probably only seen one one child who had either combined ADHD or or had hyperactive ADHD. They typically have inattentive when it presents. So like you you don't really see little girls bouncing off the walls and you know pushing other kids because they're impatient. Like you 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 typically don't see those symptoms. Um, but <laughs> when you when you see them it's it's quite interesting. It really is. Cuz I've I've had I've had one patient and I was like Hmm, this is an interesting, interesting presentation because I really don't even see that with girls. But yeah, I love that. Like now, I think as things are becoming like less taboo, we're talking more about how the differences in um, boys and girls present. Um, and I think a lot of kids are getting more help these days. People's parents are kind of like detecting things early and um, there's more testing. Like there wasn't that much testing, you know, 20, 25 years ago, you know, that was routine for ADHD or any type of learning disability. Yeah. Or the tools or the changes, like in terms of um, your patient population, are you seeing a lot of children or what's like the pulse of what's going on right now in terms of I don't see any children. Um, I don't. I don't do pediatrics. It's not the kids. It's the parents. Yeah. Um, I. I just. I refuse to do kids. So I do adults, eighteen to um to sixty five. <laughs> so I don't. I don't do. I don't do kids. I don't do children. But what I can say is that um there were two places that that I worked before that did telehealth and they had a huge demand for peas. When I came in like two weeks later, they were like, Are you gonna do are you gonna do kids? And I was like, uh no, that's not what we agreed on. But I've definitely seen like increases. So let's get into the nuances. I'm really curious about this. Mm-hmm. Um of stimulants. You're talking Adderall, Vyvanse, you know, all these things. Can we talk about this a little bit? Yes. And maybe like your thoughts on this as a practitioner, like the good, bad, ugly. So stimulants, stimulants are, are the gold standard of treatment um, for ADHD. The issue is that right now in the United States, we are in a crisis. We have seen significant increases in prescribing a stimulant. And quite frankly, there aren't enough to go around for people who are being prescribed it. So I'm not sure if you even know, like as nurses, but did you know that every pharmacy has a max amount of controlled substances that they can fill per month? 
Wow. Right. And there's a limit. There's a limit to how many they can order. Bit me in the ass. <laughs> right. There's a limit to how many they can order. So the problem is, is what happens when a pharmacy runs out, then that patient is stuck scrambling to call their provider and change to different pharmacies, you know, and, and, and hopefully find a pharmacy that they can get their medication from at not that high of a cost and still get it. But you got to look at things like Vyvanse is extremely expensive. Adderall and Concerta, uh, you know, um, Ridlin, what have you, you can probably get for like $50 or cheaper. But what happens when you have to go to a more expensive pharmacy because that's the only one that's left? You know, it's just unfortunate because, the, you know, it's the patients that have to suffer. I don't know. I think it's interesting because I feel like, you know, in terms of, um, you know, ADHD, can you break down maybe different, like, are there differences in ADHD? Because I think this is like mm-hmm. such an interesting topic. And I think this is something where kind of like you were saying, like people are throwing these words around and, you know, not really understanding the nuances. And I do think that this is a really big topic that, you know, Sam and I are very interested in. Yeah. Um, and I think Adderall has also become a very popular like party street type of drug. Right. Or not even necessarily. I see it in students who want to stay up all night and cram to write a paper. People that want to go to a rave and do other drugs, but still want to be able to stay up all night. Mm-hmm. So they'll right. take Adderall and people in sports that want to have a little extra oomph and stuff. So it's getting used. So then I the feel like it rap. gets stigmatized where I've had people, even before I started Adderall, well, I tried to have Vyvanse. I can't afford it like mm-hmm. you said, because it's fucking insanely expensive and my insurance is trash. But people were like, Oh my God, like, no, don't start Adderall. Like it's so addicting. And it like, blah, blah, blah. And someone, someone described it to me as it's the perfect drug. Like I feel like, and I'm like, when I took it, I just felt normal. Right. Like I was drowning. Right. Yeah. I was like, like, I don't feel any sort of high. I don't feel overly energized. I don't have a high heart rate. I'm not like, like turbo mode I literally just feel like I'm not drowning in the deep end for once in my life and I'm like is this what you guys just raw dog life and wake up and feel like but I'm like I just feel like it gets now this like bad rap bad rap because of how it's used by people who don't have the diagnosis and then people who actually do I'm like no when I take it I generally just feel like I'm finally not like struggling to breathe yeah head above water yeah yeah, and and you know what? Like I, I feel like when when we when we learned about ADHD treatment, even in psych and P school, it made no sense to me. And I'm like, how does it make sense if someone is running around and not and not able to to sit down that we would give them something that would push them further? And um, I I don't I still like I still feel like I don't understand the course um, of how a stimulant is effective in treating something like ADHD when you look at the um, the pathology. And the thoughts behind it. So I agree. It's it's very. It, it makes no sense, but it does make sense. In in the grand scheme of things, whenever I have patients who tell me, "Well, I know that I have ADHD because Adderall worked for me when I took it from my friend," and I'm like, "That is not how we uh, do this here." <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I've I've been there. I've been there, and I think a lot of that's kind of the rationale that a lot of people do is that they, you know, it's it's so easily accessible, but. I don't even think that people realize that that's illegal to to get medication, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? To just shell it out, right? Mm-hmm. To get prescription yeah, control medication yeah. from someone else is absolutely illegal. I mean, I don't think that people realize that, mm. but I think that we've become just different as a country over the last 
last few years that things are just extremely accessible, way more accessible than they were before COVID because we had things like the Ryan Hate Act. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't go online and get a prescription for you know, a stimulant or Xanax, you know, without having an in-person meeting. So things are very different now. Yeah. How do you feel about some of these online, like bigger companies like Cerebral and like some of the ones that are doing ADHD testing? Oh, that's an interesting. <laughs> well, um, on the spot with an unpopular. <laughs> She's like, damn it, don't ask. So, me. so it's funny because I actually used to work for Cerebral. Um, okay. Yeah, I actually left when they started. Doing... I almost signed up, but it looked kind of expensive. Yeah, I um I left when they started to do controlled substances. I felt like they were already kind of dancing on a on a very dangerous line um, with treating bipolar disorder with family nurse practitioners and not psych MPs. But yeah, I had to I had to roll out when they started doing that. It's I, I'm 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 just gonna be honest. The group the group binder um, from malpractice kind of scared me because I I wasn't even sure until I became a provider how that worked with a group binder policy, but I had called my insurance company because I was renewing and I had some other questions. But from what it, from what it was explained to me is that if one person gets sued, everyone gets sued. And after, right. And in certain States, like, well, not even certain States, it's honestly certain jobs. For example, like, let's say I wanted to go work at the hospital on campus, the University of Alabama. Mal, um, Medicaid and Medicare usually has a questionnaire where they ask you if your license um, has ever been suspended, if you've ever been the, been the point of any investigations against your license, have you been sued? Do you have any pending liability? Things like that. And then you would have to answer yes if, if your whole group... Mm-hmm was in a liability suit. So, you know, that was a little scary for me. too hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because as, I mean, as the size started to grow, I think that's what scared me because it's like, it's not like, you know, when I first started, it was maybe like 50 or 60 nurse practitioners. It's over three or 400. So I can't be responsible for someone else in the way that they practice, you know, as a, as a a fairly new practitioner myself, like, you know, I worked hard for this license. (laughs) Right. Well, I read a news article that some pharmacies have now banned controlled substance prescriptions from some of those online Mm -hmm. um, companies. And I thought that was super interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm. I, I think that's interesting, especially because like, I mean, I look at how I practice now, um, and even though we do have a physical location, I've never actually gone into the office. Now, my my um, mm-hmm. my my partner Quentin, he has gone into the office, um, and he sees patients in the office. But I I'm strictly remote. I mean, we're we're able to do that, um, you know, with the laws in our state currently, and then also um, because Medicare and Medicaid are still allowing for it as of right now. But I mean, that could change and we've had to go into the office, you know, and transition pretty quickly. But I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially even in California, have kind of moved to that that model where most of us are not my, my going in. Is Mine is too. Yeah. Mine is too. I don't even, I just had my appointment on Friday. I don't want to go in. Yep. I don't want to spend no, 30 easier. minutes sitting in, 30 to 45 minutes sitting in traffic, traffic. there and back. Yeah. And I could have done that. Save money my, on gas. Save yeah, money. Like, save I time. I want to be remote, but... It's like there is still like 
that physical proximity of like there is an office yeah I just don't go to it yeah sort of thing yeah and my office is far my office is far from from like my house in Baltimore it's, it's like 45 minutes yeah. oh jeez. oh yeah. yeah the pandemic ruined us too like no one wants to drive to places it's no. like, right we don't have to why right like, no thank you yeah what is your like week to week what your day-to-day look like I'm really curious like what is that now it's a lot of traveling back and forth the next the next month is going to be like really really busy but typically i um i now work around three to four days um as a psych mp i usually do maybe five hour days so i've increased how many hours i'm working now um and then what i try to do is kind of create content on the go and i try to do it at least twice a week sometimes i have really good weeks where i'm like oh i have so much energy and you know i want to do this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will shoot like maybe four or five times, or sometimes if I have patients who late cancel or who don't show for appointments, I'll use that time because I'm like, look, I'm in work mode. Let's get it done. That's such a, that's like uh, literally the most amazing schedule. I feel like, you know, being able to work from home, it's fabulous. I love this. Yeah. I really love work from home life. So like even getting into the social media side, because I feel like unveiling that curtain of like, healthcare provider NP, but then being like relatable to the public and everything. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a weird position to put yourself in, but there's some people doing it like super well and effective like yourself, which is why we wanted you on here today. Mm -hmm. But how how did you kind of like decide to start kind of that journey? Yeah. I was, I was bored. (laughs) I was really, really bored. No, I'm listen. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I was really bored. I was actually on a vaccine job and there was like, they had me on, um, what did they call it? On, on stage, on staging. So they had me on staging for days and days and days. And I was like, I'm in LA. LA is completely shut down. This is like March of last year, I think. Completely shut down. There was nothing to do. And I was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just like, I'm just going to go hard on Instagram. Like everybody's on Instagram. There's nothing else you can do. Everybody's on Instagram, Clubhouse and, and, and TikTok. So right. started creating um, TikToks and I'll never get the first one I did was, and I, and it was literally like the, the, the people that I used to work with, like I did one that went viral on TikTok. It got like 1 million views. And then I think it got like 300,000 or something on, on Instagram. And it was like a joke about um day shift versus night shift and then it was like the day shift nurse coming in like full face of makeup like let me put my bag down has on you know the yes the fig on all the lines right the fig dressed to the nines like i'm so cute like girl come in and take the support (laughs) i'm ready to go like come on Put your, put your iced coffee down and sit right, down. Right, right. So we've all definitely worked with that coworker. So I was like, ugh, like this is the the people that I do not like. And it, I mean, it was just a joke, but yeah, so I had yeah, did that and then also, I just kept I going. Just popped off. Yeah. We love Back. that. How did you kind of find your almost like niche though in like your TikTok world? Yeah. So, or like your people, your community. I mean, so like I talk about nursing, but I feel like nursing isn't who I am. And I think that um, I started to get a lot more comfortable with like talking about things like just not in nursing after around February of this year. When I started to kind of like branch out, especially like when I took people like with me, when I went 
to Turkey, like on my trip, I think that people really saw a different side of me that they liked. And I kind of decided, you know, I'm just not going to just, you know, just talk about nursing 24 seven. Like there's so much more to me that I like. So I like that I'm able to kind of like talk about different things. And I'm really starting to kind of get into other things that I've already liked, but I haven't really talked about that much on my platform. Um, like I'm going to to an event called Invest Fest in Atlanta that is the first week of August. And it's something I'm super passionate about. Like I love talking about cryptocurrency and finances. Oh, yes, yes. So like I'm huge okay. into, into that. Like I'm really into wealth management. Like that's, that's my thing too. So I'm just trying to like kind of like yeah. incorporate that and kind of bring that in and, and not have people like, what in the world does she do? Like. No, I love that. I Well, that's the thing is, you know, Sam and I've talked about this a lot in terms of, you know, creating content, you know, for us here at the selfie show too, it's like, we don't want to just highlight nursing because we're such dynamic people and there's other things going on. And I feel like it's just, it's nice to be able to share different pieces of yourself, different facets. And, you know, I mean, I think obviously the hook is you're a nurse and you're a nurse practitioner, but like being able to talk about those kinds of things is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I would definitely love to learn and, you know, open up new well, doors and windows. Kind of always said like, I am Samantha. My job is a nurse. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm. I don't work as a nurse anymore, I'm still going to be Samantha at the end of the day. Right. But yeah. I don't know. I like when creators reveal so Other much sides. like layers to them and more to them because yeah. we're so much more than just what we how we earn a paycheck exactly what are some things in the social media world that you're loving and not loving so i'm loving that there are content creators who have been able to know what they deserve and get paid what they deserve and step away from their jobs there's quite a few people who you know i like Different content creators, especially on TikTok, like people that like, I mean, like, and I'm friends with like on TikTok with people who, who are completely different from me. I like, I talk to a girl who is a stripper every day. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, it's so amazing that we can just step into someone else's life for 30 seconds, one minute, three minutes. And I, and I really love that I'm able to connect with people like that. I think that it's amazing that, you know, content creators are able to get paid what they deserve, especially now. So I think we're in a great place. And I love that for people when they, when they get what they deserve. So Sam, I feel like people hate on the notion or concept of an influencer. Mm. And it's like, why are you hating on them when corporations are literally making millions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. and they want to profit off of people's image, likeness, yes. recommendations and not pay them for mm -hmm. it. Like, but why are we hating on the little guy? Like coach. Like, let them get paid. Like coach. Like a lot of brands. Coach did a, coach did a whole campaign. It was, it was crazy. They did a campaign and the guy, um, his name on, on Instagram is like Nas from the Gram. I absolutely love him. The guy who like makes jokes, like he works at McDonald's. The one who says another one, thank you. They used his sound another for a campaign and did not pay him for it. And I was like, Ooh, where was the PR team who approved you to use this sound yeah, that you did yeah. not pay for that you knew was from a content creator? I mean, mm -hmm. oh my God. Right. No, right. I even had, I had MTV's Wild and Out asked to use one of my videos. And yeah. I think the most they're willing to pay me was like $1,000, but I have to sign over all likeness rights. For Perpetuity. Like, no, yeah. Ab 
absolutely mm-hmm. not. Like, I don't need a thousand dollars that bad, bro. Right. But I feel like they take advantage of people because that a thousand dollars isn't is a lot of money. But it wasn't. Yeah, worth but when it you to think me. of the return that's gonna get. But there's a lot of people that they're like, oh my God, I could really use a thousand dollars. So I just feel like companies prey on little people. And then in general, like we hate on each other being like, oh, look at them influencer. It's like, no, I'm here for it. Get get your money. Get your bag. Absolutely. I just hate when people say influencer. I'm just just like, I just, I just, I I hate that. They're just existing. They're just humans. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's so cringe. Or when people have like tried to refer to me as that, I'm like, I am not an influencer. I'm not out here trying to influence anyone. I'm trying to show my dogs, my ass and some powerlifting. And (laughs) I talk about nursing here and there and that's all. If you find that influential, good for you, but don't call me that. I'm just out here showing dogs and ass. I want to maybe dive into that a little bit. Like what has it been like for you kind of diving into entrepreneurship? Because, you know, you're obviously you've got your NP, you know, profession what has it been like you know dabbling in content creation and entrepreneurship Let's talk about that. it's been scary because i mm. i think that so the side of like i think content creation that we don't really talk about that much is i mean how it can really change your regular life and you know i like i acknowledge that my my relationship basically ended because of how i grew on social media i mean amongst some other things but i think it's amazing and just a, a gift because that's actually how i met my current partner so like if I hadn't, oh. if I had just been like this, and it's funny because I had joined my therapist and, and I had talked about me joining Hinge. I joined Hinge and I hated it. And, and like I met, I, I just, I had, I had a bad experience and I was like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. And then I opened my DM and somebody slid a little no DM. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. How can I have that either. in mind? No, right. I'm cry a little bit because I feel no, I feel like I had an ex when I was first starting this stuff with Tori that hated yeah, me being on Instagram. Mm. Was so like bothered by it. Like you just want attention. You just care about being Instagram famous. I'm like, no, I literally don't. Like I just am posting. I'm like, I've been obnoxious since like I learned how to talk. Right. I have been like talent show. Like just. Mm. Look at me, look at me. Yes, I've been that girl. main character. Absolutely. Since I learned main how to talk. Mm-hmm. I've always been yeah. an attention whore before yeah. social media existed. So thank you. <laughs> but it, it was like such a problem and it did yeah. like contribute pretty negatively to like even when things ended. And then now it's so weird even dating like. I'm like, do I tell people I have a podcast yeah. off the bat or do I wait? Right. And then like, do I show my Instagram? Cause like I said, there's a lot of ass and dogs on there. Well, and it's a good, like, where do I, right. And yeah. it's a good navigation. Cause I'll say on the flip side of hers, I, you know, Jacob and I have been married now for five years oh. and I wasn't doing social media. Yeah, you didn't Instagram, start this till after I, your wedding. So after, and yeah, so he was interesting fucking because... like locked in with vows when you started this show. <laughs> I love it. was for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already. Yeah. Sorry, ball and chain. There we go. But it's interesting because what I think has been really cool has been he has actually been very supportive and I think that's a huge dynamic and I'm curious from you like okay dating wise like yeah how do you how have you done that because I feel like for Sam I I put it out at the very beginning because I'm like I don't want to get to know each other and then it becomes a problem later so it's like right off the bat like go take a troll around look at my Instagram if that is off-putting to you then we're not gonna be a good fit because I'm not gonna change so this is what you're getting, but it was like, it's, it's weird. 
But like, I, you just had someone like slide in your DMs all about it. I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, I mean, and she's so this. supportive. I mean, she's so supportive. I like, even when I came, Aww. like when we came, um, we came home. So we went out earlier. We had a picnic, and when we came, Wait, how'd she find you? Like, she just like you stumbled across her for you. So page. the funny, the funny thing is, she. So <laughs> I, I, I came, I came up on her for you page, and she actually is a nurse practitioner. Okay. Oh. Right, oh. and I no, and, and in and, your area, like in the. No, so so I moved. Okay. <laughs> I moved to I moved to Alabama. Um, she actually moved to Alabama, uh, to be with her. So I live. Yeah, I live. That's when you know it's yeah right. So I That's like I live between both. I love this. Yeah, but okay. I mean it was That's cute. a powerhouse couple. Yeah, I mean I, I I like the balance because like she's so she's really supportive. Like I came in and she was like, "What do you need me to do?" She she turned the ring light on. She got like she propped the 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 meds book up and she Aww. even came and helped me connect because I was like please help please help Aww, so I, I think that it. like we we definitely balance each other and I don't know I think I think you have to be like your partner's number one support like she doesn't want to do Instagram at all and and that's fine with me but there's also things that she wants to do like Botox and fillers possibly and and kind of like maybe open a medi spy and look at different options and you know she's actually going back to get a, a second certification as an MP so there's so many more things that like I'm supporting and helping her on you know like outside of like social media so I think that it's really important to have somebody who's going to be your number one you know support like I tell her all the time I'm your groupie baby I'm your groupie Oh, you guys are so cute. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is a weird question because I think this is like, we were just talking about something like this off the clock and like sharing your personal life. Like, is this something for you that you're like, I definitely know I am not going to share any of this or are you feeling like maybe at some point down the line you'll share it? Like, where are you at with that? Because I feel like content creators, it goes like one way or the other. You know what I mean? So we just talked about this and I'm... I'm I'm a high high forever. And she's cool with it because like people know that I'm not single. It's very clear. But I also feel like and in my last relationship, like people are evil. I mean, people are evil. A girl literally found me on Instagram, like sought out my ex-girlfriend and then like created a relationship what? with yes i mean like my like jaws like on the floor yeah. like, I'm like, what what Absolutely people have way too insane. much time on their hands i'm like you these are the people that i'm like you need to go um get a hobby go do something productive with go yourself like grass. go yeah like, so, yeah like, go lick a tree yeah. i don't know like, anything besides yourself, do this like Lord. this is insane people I I people don't even people. like i just think yeah, people no. people just want your happiness sometimes and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm happy because I'm grateful that yeah. it happened when it did. You know, I did the healing, I did the shadow work, you know, after the breakup. And, you know, right when I had kind of stopped, like I was in a place of, I just, I don't want this. I don't want this kind of person. I don't want this. And I finally like grew to this level understanding where I said, well, this is what I want, God. This is what I deserve. This is what I want. And then boom, had it. But I, I, I get it. I, I like get it. I said what I deserve. Like, right. Yes. But I also yeah. feel like I'm not going to share, like, I think there's something that, mm-hmm. like, I like having some things just for me. I, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. Like, I don't talk, I will talk about dating loosely on here, but like, I don't Mm-mm. share any of those details because yeah. it's just not mm-hmm. anyone's business. And it's like this fine line of between, like, I overshare, like, everything, but then there's certain things that I'm like, no, 
that's for me. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that idea too. I think it's interesting because I do share quite a bit of, of you know, our, our relationship and our marriage, but there are a lot of things that I don't anymore. You know, mm. I, I think I actually used to be a lot more out or a lot more, you know, talk about it a lot more. And I think I've pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think I there feel are like certain the things, things you share, like helpful when you'll say, like, yeah. sometimes, like it's in marriage, this is like, yeah, things that have helped our marriage yeah. be stronger. And yes, please that, share like, those. those areas that we've struggled. <laughs> please share those. <laughs> no, but she has, and like you've shared how you like structure date nights and plan yeah. those and make yeah. time to intentionally date. Like I feel like you've given a lot of really good, yeah. tangible tips that people appreciate hearing from you. But I think you've done a good job of kind of peeling back where it's like if you and Jacob go out of town you're just like oh, I'm not gonna yeah, post about it I'm just gonna go enjoy our weekend, weekend together yeah together in the moment instead mm-hmm. of having to share every little minute of that and yeah. I feel like you used to do that a lot more yeah, and now you've oh, kind of yeah. just like oh, I'm going off the grid this weekend because yeah. and I know that you and Jacob are out of town but mm-hmm. no one has any idea they're just like oh Tori didn't post all weekend yeah. yeah yeah and I like that I think I I really like that mindset and I think that's you know having something special for yourself is is important I mean because you share a lot girl <laughs> okay can we talk about content creation? yes yes How do you do this like can we can we talk about it like okay are you I need the whole start to finish like okay you come up with ideas like how are you recording like let's get into it, it. so so first it, this is not a professional production I literally I literally use my iPhone um I love yes, that I use my my iPhone I don't, baby I don't even have a, I don't even have a pro I have a regular iPhone 13 <laughs> they were they were yes, out of the yes, pro yes. and I was like <sighs> yeah regular Nothing right. a little ring light can't fix. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I had, I mean, I have a ring light that I use sometimes, but a lot of times, like if I'm recording stuff, if even like you've seen me like do a video, a lot of times I've just been out and I thought about something. It just comes to my head. And I don't know. I've like, not to say I've always been like a creative, but like, like I went to a performing arts middle school. Like I'm, I've always been kind of animated. So a lot of times things will just drop into my head. Like, like that or sometimes I'll dream about things and as soon as I wake up I just jot down what I want to do so I kind of have like a rolling notepad where I'm like oh I want to do this like I already have something that I want to um that I want to like shoot for TikTok that's just funny you know that I just thought about like in the middle of the morning when you know when we woke up and we were cooking so just it's random we love to get this take like TikTok versus IG as a platform yeah what do you think from from what I, I like TikTok better. opinion, it's I fine. don't Go. actively like use TikTok because I suck and I'm not creative. But I think TikTok is way more authentic, authentic real, fun, and yeah. inner. Like I feel way more connected to the people I follow and watch on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like Instagram, honestly, like the business, the businesses have taken over. So if you even mm-hmm. like scroll, everything like half of what you see will probably be a business or an ad. And then the other half will be reels. And you might see a couple of static photos. And I think that Instagram has become like very like kind of old to me. But I think it's great for monetization. And a lot of brands want to use Instagram. But I see a lot of brands starting to start to use TikTok now. But I really, really like, like I could scroll on TikTok. My For You page knows me better than anyone. Styled in. Chef kiss. Mm, Oh, yes. My for you page knows me better than I know myself. Sometimes I was getting things and I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, well shit. Platform (laughs) to platform. I'll say this. Okay. Because 
content creation wise, you know, we've been, I've been doing IG for probably since like 2017, 18, let's mm-hmm. call it. The one thing that I think Instagram really has on um, TikTok is DMs. And I feel like because oh, for me, I'm, like okay. connecting with people in DM land, but it's so much easier. Like, but, I, but I'm gonna tell you this: your partner slid in your IG DMs though, or your so, so le- TikTok DMs. So, so let me tell you this: I know what she's saying. She's talking about Instagram, but what I'm gonna say is that on a for for yeah. a mental health standpoint, people prefer TikTok yeah. because you can't just DM people yeah. kind of haphazardly. True. You can only contact people who you yeah. actually have a relationship with. And therefore, it keeps more things. And, and it's, it's a design thing. It's very smart. Because you got to remember that when people are yeah. DMing, they're not actually bringing that conversation to the forefront. And it's not keeping people on the platform necessarily. But on TikTok, you can't DM. So it's going to keep people in the comments. Yeah. It's going to keep people engaged with the content itself. So I think it's, it's genius almost. Yeah. Because you want to yeah. know what my pet peeve is too, is I'll post like a fire-ass thirst trap on Instagram. <laughs> and guys will DM me my own post to then give me a comment i'm like sir you're annoying that's annoying right i'm like i posted it i know but like you don't want to comment under my actual picture Mm -hmm. you don't want to out yourself but you're dming my own picture of men are so fucking (laughs) stupid (laughs) my my favorite tiktok sound on earth is the men are (laughs) stupid and i don't respect them (laughs) that tiktok sound lives in my head rent and i say it like once a day Uh... every time something happens to me on a daily basis, I'm just like, men are stupid and I don't respect them. <laughs> that part. Um, okay, my one up, here's what I can say about IG versus TikTok too, though, mm-hmm. is look at all the brands. I'm talking from like fucking Ryanair, Duolingo, Spirit Airlines, yes. like yes. literally. Duolingo. The, no, just even all the NFL, the whole NFL, MLB franchises, any product, okay. they're all on TikTok. Yep. If you go on their TikTok their content is unhinged. Fire. They are doing every sound, every trend. They are like literally just gave some 20 year old their <laughs> login and said, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and then if you go on their Instagram, it is like these static posts that are so corporate oh, yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally like the night and day difference between their Instagram, yeah, social media, and then the comments that they will leave even on other people's TikTok. Like Wendy. They're speaking in like... <laughs> Yes. Well, Wendy started it. Wendy's Twitter walked so that everyone could yes. run. Like Wendy's Twitter was originally like, I'm going to roast the shit out of people. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, you're a corporation. You can't do that. And they're like, no, yes, I literally can. just did. And, but that's what you see on TikTok with brands like, and I fucking love, love it. it. I'm like, this yeah. makes me, I never even it's considered a new way. Brand it's until, a new way. And yeah. I think TikTok, I mean, overall, it's just, it's one, it's more fun. It's more authentic. It's just such a fun platform. Yeah. It really is. And you, you're doing such a freaking amazing Thank job. Thank you. I'm like, I, I'm like, how do we, it's so hard. Cause we want to be, we want to be like you, but it's just, it's so hard to like content creation. In general I just forget crazy. to even eat. So, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It takes me like an hour to make a TikTok too. I'm like, okay, I'm like Jerry. No, how long did it take you to it. really like learn it and get good at it? I was gonna oh. say like, how long, like for you, like, you know, I mean, obviously it's quick. Now, I but... hopped on YouTube. I, I would hop on YouTube all the time to learn anything. So especially when reels, like I remember when I first started doing reels and I didn't even know how to time the words so that all of them weren't on the screen at the same time. And I was like, I le- I watched a tutorial for that. Yes, because I was like, I know I can learn how to do that. 
And I learned how to do it. And I like I literally taught myself almost everything about the platforms. Like even with um with TikTok, how to take, you know, the TikTok watermark off and learning about like how does it really affect the algorithm, you know, does it affect on the for you page? So I really spent a lot of time doing research. And then like when I, I, I launched a course called Branding Like a Boss where I taught people how to basically grow on social media. But I told them like literally what I'm teaching you. I I had a book like when I started in in March of of twenty of um twenty twenty one. I literally went through and I did every single every week what I was doing, what worked, what didn't work, what helped me grow fast, what didn't help me grow fast. So oh, yeah, like it like it literally was a tried but true method. So awesome yeah it's like checking you know self-assessment and really mm-hmm. getting that's so mm-hmm. off. yeah I mean that's a really great way and I think spending the time to invest in learning the platforms like that's a big piece of it yeah. right it's like this is what we're we out here right okay are we gonna do rapid fire <laughs> yes okay rapid fire so quick okay. answer doesn't have to be one word but like as short as rapid fire even though we have ADHD and we got to talk about <laughs> yeah, every time we try to always. do this okay but one, one of these days it's going to be rapid <laughs> okay ready um if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be Bali Ooh, yeah. if you could have like coffee cocktail with any historical figure dead or alive Alexa Canady the first um female neurosurgeon Ooh. Ooh. I love that. Okay. First black female neurosurgeon. But go ahead. Ooh, even I love yes. that. Favorite cocktail? Lemon drop. Oh. Yes, I love a good lemon drop. Little, little, little sweet for my taste. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I fundamentally have a problem with martini glasses. I love martini what? glasses. I hate them. Girl. If I order a martini, I ask for it to be on the rocks on ice. We can't handle her. I, I spill it. Uh, I'm like trying true. to drink it and I'm like, Ugh, and it's like spilling everywhere. And it's like, I'm like, and I like ice in my drink too. Oh my gosh. They can so, put ice in your lemon drop, survive. girl. They can, they, can put, they can put ice in there. Oh, that will spill the whole thing then. I'm a disaster. Okay. Um, favorite cuss word. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Fucking love it. All right. If you won $10 million tomorrow, how would you spend I would buy it? an island and a boat. Oh, okay. Yes. And a plane. <laughs> uh, like general general type of region? Is there like a region that you're tied to? Southeast Asia. Uh, biggest pet peeve? Dirty houses. Yeah. Oh, I love my it. Girlfriend, my girlfriend is like a clean freak. It's great. I love it. Oh, I love it here. I, love that, that. I would love to like end up with someone who's a clean freak. She, she, she's an ICU. Like I, I, <laughs> I joke with her. I said, you are an ICU nurse. Like everything is folded perfectly. It's like, it's beautiful. It's like Ikea in here. Oh, oh. can she fold a fitted sheet? Yes. Oh, that's that's, that's real, the real marker right the there marker. yes she can okay tell her tell okay. her we give her all the respect yes. for that one i wish i was like that. <laughs> i just crumple mine up i'm like i can't this is too hard this is um okay ready biggest flex being able to take my mom to paris monaco and iceland next month first class staying at the waldorf oh. Okay. Um, yes, and not having to check and see if I could afford it. So being able to take her on an amazing yeah, birthday trip. You. Oh my god, that I is love a that. fucking yes. holy hell! Yeah. Yes, I'm excited about that. Love for that for you. you. That's Aww. like we'll I feel you like blast. that's the ultimate. Just like, yes, that's awesome. Yes, mm. I don't even know the word mm. for like sense of pride. Like you did that. Thank that's you, girl. Awesome. Okay, last meal, like death row. You get one last meal, full meal. 
Papa Do's. Anything from Papa Do's. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You said I can get a full meal, so I can get it from two places. Yeah. Papa Do's and Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't care. You can piece it. Put yeah, it, you can it together. Pull, piece it you together. Can, you know, I want my appetizer here, my main course okay. here, my dessert here. You can piece it together. Yeah. I, but what, what do you get? I need though? the Texas, ro- the Texas put, Roadhouse put roll. I need, okay. I definitely mm-hmm. need the um the porterhouse that they have. And then mm-hmm. I want the okay. Papa Do's. Ooh. I definitely, I definitely want the spinach and crab dip, the peach sidecar, mm-hmm. and maybe the fried catfish. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. Wow. Okay. Are you a dessert girl? What's dessert? Are you a dessert girl? What's dessert? The dessert I like. Texas Roadhouse discontinued it. Oh, I know. What was it? It was like it was like the, this bread pudding stuff. It was so good. It was oh. bread pudding made from the rolls. Oh my god, it was mm-hmm. so good. Yum, that sounds delicious. I feel like Trader Joe's does that to me. Anything I fall in love with, they're like, "Oh, better discontinue it." Yes. I'm like, stop playing with my emotions. I'm way too fragile. <laughs> I love Trader <laughs> to be Joe's. Doing me like that. <laughs> but they, I, 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 it's a love hate at this point because I'm like, if you discontinue one, one more thing, thing that I'm I gonna love, lose it. We are on a thin yeah. ice here. Yeah. I will like at the checkout be like, "Hey, can you?" Look this up on the screen and tell me, is this like a limited edition? Is this going to stay? I don't like, want to fall in love. Let me yeah. hoard and then it. Get, get the, pull, the rug pulled. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I've started hoarding things. Mm-hmm. You have to. What's your favorite color and what does it say about you? My favorite color is pink and it says that I'm girly. Mm. I would co-sign yes. that. We love pink. I'm a pink. That's on brand I'm a pink here. hoe. What is something um, that you can leave with a selfie listeners, like something that you live by a life motto that you can leave them Words with? Words of wisdom, tip. You're more than a nurse. Never forget why you started and that'll keep you going. That's it. Drop mic. That's fabulous. Back to the, back to the Queen. basic boom. Queen. And she's out. She's <laughs> out. Thank you so much, Morgan, yeah. for coming yes. on Where today. can everyone find you on all your okay. all your different platforms? So, okay, so mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be starting a YouTube next year. So, Ooh. oh, right, okay. I had to, I had to get myself together. But on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I am at the same the same username, Morgan San Diego. So real easy. So Morgan like the school, M O R G A N. And then San Diego, like the city. Love that. And then yeah, you're about to be traveling the world. Like, where in the world is Morgan San Diego right where there? Where in the world is Freaking literally Paris. Love that. <laughs> okay. I'll save you a macaroon. Oh, yes, please. Yes. Well, have a blast on your trip. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you so much for your time today. For coming you on are today. Such a treasure. Thank you, thank you. And everybody, make sure you go follow her. Thank you. Okay, she's literally done it all. I know. I love her background. It's just so fun. I love conversations like this and being able to share and platform all these amazing things going on here in the space. I live for her content. Yes. So great. And these glasses, you guys, her fabulous glasses are so cute. I'm obsessed. Well, I'm jealous because I wish I could look cute at them, but <laughs> they are adorable. That As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of our goodies linked there in the bio for you. 
And please, we love every time you leave a review and drop your Instagram handle because we will be sending you our new little badge reel clippies. What yeah. are they called? Like it's our, They're not a pin. Our badge clip. Badge clip. Yeah. Adorable. Selena making her, her comeback yes. and stickers, all that good stuff. And five stars on Spotify. You guys are the best. Absolutely. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And ooh, we got fun bonuses mm, lined up. It's spicy. We recorded a bunch, so they'll be coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. See you on Friday. Bye. Bye.